Dog Nation Podcast, Episode 5. Go Dogs! Okay, dog fans, welcome to the Dog Nation Podcast. This is Derek Leonard, your host for Episode 5. I just want to say welcome back to all our loyal fans and listeners. I'm glad to have you guys back. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for subscribing and letting us hear what you've got to say out there. Um, This is the pregame show for the Vanderbilt game. We're traveling up to Knoxville. No, sorry, I've still got... Tennessee on the brain here. Show prep, show prep. We're traveling up to Nashville. Nashville to play the Commodores of Vanderbilt. And I just want to give you guys a few ideas about some keys to victory for the Georgia Bulldogs this weekend. It is a huge game. It's a conference game. It's an SEC East game. It's very important for us to go up there and come out with a victory. You guys know... Of course, we just came off the victory there at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville this past weekend. We're going from a stadium that basically holds 107,000 people to a stadium that holds an average of 36,000 people. And as of um, broadcast right now, they've still got 5,000 tickets remaining. So there's not going to be a lot of energy in that stadium for the dog for the dogs to draw off of. We have also, you know, we've won 10 in a row. We've won 10 in a row against Vanderbilt. Um... If we win this game, that'll be the 11th game in a row, which will match our record winning uh, streak. Um, but you guys know we've got a tough game in front of us. I mean, they've got a four-year starter in Jay Cutler, who is, uh, you know, he's the top quarterback in the SEC right now. He's the top-ranked quarterback in the SEC. He's definitely not invincible, but... Um, if you guys remember, in 2003, the last time we went to Vanderbilt, the last time we were in Nashville, we trailed 2 to nothing at the half, okay? We rallied to a 27-8 victory, but all in all, you know, Mark Rick said it was an awful day. Um, back then, Jay Cutler was playing for him. He's, uh, he, leads the, basically, he leads the offensive machine for Vanderbilt. He's been a team captain for three years. He leads the conference in passing averages in total offense and yardage for this year. He also leads the SEC's active quarterbacks in total offense, passing yardage, and rushing yardage for his career. Okay? So, you know, these guys are serious. They won four games in a row. They they broke out to an early, you know, they had a really good schedule early in the year, and uh, they won a lot of games. They beat uh, Ole Miss. They did lose to Middle Tennessee, and they did lose to LSU last week. Like I said, Cutler is clearly, he's not uh, invincible. LSU pressured him last week, and he was only, I mean, he was 11 of 32 last week for 113 yards. So I'm going to get into the keys to victory for the dogs in just a minute, and obviously the number one key for the dogs is going to be keeping up the pressure on Cutler, okay, because he is clearly their biggest weapon. 
The dogs on the other side of the ball are leading the SEC in total offense. We're averaging 455 yards per game, which is tops in the SEC. And we are very balanced. We're second in rushing and second in passing. We're averaging 198 yards rushing per game. We're averaging 257 yards passing per game. So we have a highly balanced offense that is leading the conference right now in total yardage. So what do we need to come away with a victory? Well, we're going to need to take care of business, okay? We're going to, first of all, we're going to need to keep up the pressure on Cutler. As I said, that's going to be the number one key to victory for the dogs this past this weekend is going to be keeping the pressure up on Cutler. He's a very effective scrambler who has had a lot of success running the ball on a lot of teams. He uh, is good at making something out of nothing, you know? And that's something we're going to have to really watch because he's very mobile. He's very agile, and he can hurt you. He can, he can absolutely hurt you with his feet, and he can hurt you with his arm. So the key for us, the main thing for us to work on this weekend is going to be to keep Cutler in check. The second key for us, just like every week, is going to be for us to avoid the penalties. Okay, We did a really good job against Tennessee. We were only flagged four times last week for 38 yards, which was half of what we've normally been penalized. We were averaging about 73 yards in penalties per game. Four times for 38 yards was great, but... I'm afraid that in the emotion and the focus and the concentration that we had for the Tennessee game, something might be lost coming into this uh, Vanderbilt game this weekend. And I'm afraid that we might, you know, uh, have a relapse into our highly penalized ways. And I don't want to have that. And the Commodores have are the least, they've been penalized for the least amount of yards amongst any SEC teams. They do not mis make mistakes and they do not beat themselves. That's been a huge component in why they're able to rack up those four wins early in the season. So the Commodores are not going to give us any gifts. And us playing on the road in a hostile stadium, I mean, granted, it's not very hostile. It's Vanderbilt, you know. But still, we're going to have to take care of business when we're up there. We're going to have to generate our own energy and our own focus. Um, we're going to have to hang on to the ball. That's, uh, that's, that's our third most important point this week is to hold on to the ball. Um, we've been doing great in turnover margin. I think we're like plus nine right now going into this week's game. And, you know, DeMario Minter, awesome interception last week in the Tennessee game. Came up at a perfect time to make his first pick. Um, we also have to, you know, we're going to have to do some more of that. We're going to have to force uh, Cutler to throw some picks. He had two picks last week. Um, so we need to do a couple of takeaways against Vanderbilt, and at the same time, we're going to have to keep, we're going to have to stop giving up the ball. I mean, I'm really happy with Shockley's play. I don't have any complaints about Shockley, but there's no denying, you know, he had an interception last week that did set Tennessee up for their first points. He did have a fumble last week, which didn't cost us that much, but still, the two turnovers last week could be costly and in a close game in a two to nothing at the half game who knows what two turnovers can mean to us so hanging on to the ball is going to be a huge huge uh key to the victory for us this week um holy i'll tell you i got so much paperwork here guys you would not believe how many notes i've got on this game you know vanderbilt is not very good at running the ball and the last key to the game that i want you to know is going to be field position okay our special teams have been awesome. Gordon Ely Kelso is doing a great job on punts. Thomas Flowers, 
I don't need to say anything else. Everybody knows what Thomas Flowers can do. But the key that you need to know about Vanderbilt is they are they have the they're ranked 89th on net punting, okay, net punting yardage, which means their coverage team is not very good. I don't know, you know, their punter's not that great, and their punt coverage is not that great. So between us having Ely Kelso punting the ball deep and our coverage team, the way we can run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, and move the ball, their difficulty in moving the ball, I think, is going to set them up for a lot of make-or-break drives. They're going to be able to... Cutler's even going to either going to get it done with his arm and move the ball quickly with a lot of passes, or they're going to stall and punt. They're ranked 89th nationally in net punting average, so I expect us to be able to make a lot of sun. I expect us to be able to make a lot of hay on punt returns. Thomas Flowers, I'm hoping, is going to have a field day. So I want to maintain. I want to really maintain a high degree of field position. I want to keep the field flipped on Vanderbilt for the entire game. And I think that's going to be very important for us, okay? So we need to make sure we take care of the ball, create a lot of turnovers, keep the field flipped on them, pressure Cutler into making mistakes and forcing the ball, and minimize penalties. If we can do all that, we should be able to come away with the victory, guys. We're only four points behind FSU, by the way, in the AP poll. Four, I mean, we got 1,389 votes. Florida State got 14, I mean, 1,393 votes. If we can have an impressive victory in Nashville this weekend, guys, I really believe we can overtake overtake Florida State to get a little bit higher in that AP poll, to gain one spot in that AP poll, to equalize us at number four in both polls, which is I know what I want to see. I know it's what you guys want to see. I know you think we're running downhill, and I believe it. And I think right now we're trying to, we've got to set ourselves up with a huge victory in order to impress the judges, impress the coaches and the AP, the guys in the press, and try to get up in that ranking. A um, couple other notes. We've got some guys that are not going to be making the trip this week. Uh, Gerald Anderson is not making the trip. Um, he's still suffering from symptoms from that concussion that he had a few weeks ago, and he is not going to make the trip. The good news is about a guy like that not making the trip is Rick is going to take four quarterbacks. He has not been. He only took two quarterbacks to Mississippi State, or two extra quarterbacks. This week he's going to take three extra quarterbacks. He's taken Shockley and Blake Barnes and Joe T. And he's also taken Joe Cox. He's taken Tereshinsky the third and Joe Cox, who I believe is the future. Former teammate of Momass up at Independence in Charlotte. I believe that Joe Cox and Mohamed Masakoy, who we've affectionately nicknamed as Momass, are the future of the Bulldog offense. And I love to see, I love to see Joe Cox getting. If, if he's not doing anything but standing on the yard on the sidelines, he's getting that kind of he's getting that kind of experience and hostile on the road stadiums. He's seeing how Rick runs the offense, how uh, Neil Calloway is calling plays. He's looking, you know, he's just learning. He's learning all the time. I'm confident he's soaking things up, and um, I really like to see Joe Cox making that trip. It's also a good thing. Um, for the rest of the team, because they see this, they see those players, they get used to them. You know, it's good for morale going into the future. Like uh, Rick was just on Cole Pete's on ESPN a couple of days ago, saying how Shockley was a leader of the team before he ever became a starter, because he spent so much time on the sidelines, was so integrated into the program, and you know, the players on the sideline, the players on the team, 
had a lot of confidence in him before he ever started his first game, before he ever threw his first pass. And that really gave him a leg up on, um, you know, on the kind of leadership he needs to establish to make have a successful season. So besides Gerald Anderson not making the trip, also uh, A.J. Bryant is still not going to make the trip. He's still not 100%. And Mario Raley is going to miss another game as well. Um, Sean Bailey practiced in a green jersey this week, but he is going to make the trip. He is going to see some playing time this week, okay? So, um, you know, I'm glad to see that with Bryant out. You know, I mean, I'm really happy with the way Mo Mass is playing. I'm really happy with those guys getting extra time in. Um, you've got uh, Masakoy and Kenneth Harris are going to be uh, inserted into it. They're going to have to start having a two-receiver rotation where Kenneth Harris and Mo Mass are going to be rotated in behind Sean Bailey and Brian McClendon. They were doing that last week against Tennessee, and they're starting to rotate those guys to um, give those redshirt freshmen some more seasoning. Harris and Momass, those kids are huge. They're going to be players. Those guys have got mad game. Masakoi is already the third receiver when we go to a three-receiver set, and uh, that kid is raking in the balls. And, um, I mean, I just love to see what we're getting out of those guys. Um, a few other odds and ends. How about Brandon Sutherland? Redshirt freshman fullback stepping up after we lost our starter over the summer to an injury in the weight room. Brandon Sutherland, who is a true freshman, 18 years old, redshirt freshman, steps up. He got credited with 10 game-changing blocks last week. He took ten, On 10 different plays, he took Tennessee linebackers off their feet, which was about a quarter of his total snaps, 25% of his total snaps, he's putting a defender on the ground. Not only that, he scored a touchdown, caught a pass out of the backfield. That kid is huge for us at fullback. And the fact that he's only 18, a true freshman, and already contributing that much, only, I mean, we're going to have a lot of great things out of this kid for the next three years, I hope. I my hat's off to Sutherland, stepping up, bringing his game early. Redshirt freshman, fullback Brandon Sutherland, man, you got you you got our back there, buddy, and I really appreciate the way you're playing. Um, saw an interview this week with Herschel Walker on ESPN Classic. He was kind of talking about how he made a pregame prediction that uh, Georgia was going to win the SEC, and at the same time he was. You know, lamenting the fact that in today's age of the BCS and stuff, you can go undefeated. I guess he's talking about, you know, he's thinking about Auburn from last year. You can go undefeated in the SEC and still not play for a national championship. And I think Herschel's kind of looking forward to uh, the possibility of that happening to us, which is why I'm telling you guys how important it is for us to drive for those voters' points. We're four points. Four points out of a total. I mean, you're talking almost 1,400 points allotted to our team, and we're only four points separating us from fourth place. That We need those four points bad, and we need a quality victory with a less-than-stellar outing by Florida State in order to overtake Florida State in the AP poll. And that, it's just the BCS makes everything so much more important because things just aren't like they used to be, guys. They're just not like they used to be. But... I have faith that um, everything's going to work out for us. We keep doing our job. All we can do is control what we control. And we've got to keep doing our job, keep doing what we do, and we just got to hope things fall our way, you know? Um, 
We're going to come back from the break here in just a second. That's really all I've got for the pregame show. I want you guys to get ready. I want you guys to get pumped up for Vanderbilt. This is a big game. It's an SEC game. I don't want to have one bit of letdown in the stands or on the field. Guys, this is a huge game. I hope you're listening to this. I know the game doesn't kick off to 7:15. I know a lot of people aren't going to make the trip. I'm not even making the trip this week. I'm just going to watch it on TV. Um, you know, it's still a big game, guys. It's still an SEC East game, and we have still got to win it. Okay, a loss here would be a crushing blow to our program, a crushing blow to our our season. And I mean, I don't want to invalidate what we've done so far. Plus, I want to introduce you guys. We've got um, we're coming back from the break in just a second with Old Dog and Smooth. Uh, we've got Smooth's pick of the week tonight as well. Plus, we're going to have a trivia question here at the end of the show where I'm giving away four tickets, my own four tickets, because I'm going down with some other people next week. I'm giving up my own personal tickets, which are section 107. Um, anybody ever wants to come look me up? I'm section 107. Uh, on the 50-yard line on the visitor side, which I think is the most important seats in the stadium, I'm 10 rows up from the visiting bench, and I take it very personally. It's my job to throw the opposing team off their game. And um, we're going to have a trivia question. The first listener that correctly answers the trivia question tonight, I'm going to give away four tickets on the 50-yard line to homecoming for the Georgia game. Is that exciting enough for you? Is that a big enough price for you? Four tickets on the 50-yard line. You heard me. If you'll email Dog Nation Podcast with the correct answer to my trivia question. Whoever calls in or emails me the correct answer first will get the tickets. Uh, We'll come back with more details on that contest in just a minute, okay? So stay tuned after the break. We're coming back with the old dog. Podcast. This is the second half of the Vandy pregame show, the warm-up for the trip to Nashville, and I'd like to welcome my co-host, my old friend, and really old dog, old dog. How's it going, old dog? Man, doing good, doing good. Just you like it when I make fun of how old you are, don't you? Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, though, I, I think we're going to pull it out without a doubt, because uh, I just think we've got superior talent, but I tell you, I'm always a little... Always a little wary when we play Vandy in uh, in Nashville on a on a Saturday night. You know we've had had too many close calls up there where we've had to pull them out in the in the fourth quarter, even the last play of the game. Well, and, uh, I just hope we don't go in too overconfident. You know after that big win against Tennessee, but I do I do think Talent will prevail, and, and I think Rick has probably got them. You know where they've got a good level head and you know, have their eye on the prize at the end, and to get there, you've got to win them all. Absolutely. You know, I mentioned earlier in the show where um, the last time we were in Nashville was 2003, and we were coming off a 41-14 to win in Knoxville, and we went to Nashville the next week, and we were losing 2 to nothing at the half. Do you remember that? 
I absolutely, believe it or not, I was somewhere where I could not get to a TV and was sitting in a park on a picnic table listening to the thing on the radio, getting madder and madder. You listen to the game on the radio in a park at a picnic table? Absolutely. Damn, that sounds like hell. <laughs> believe me, it was, especially especially when Mandy's got you by a safety. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, buddy. Uh, you know, I actually, I actually know that picnic table you're talking about. Um, well, you know, one more. Let me, let me before we get talking a little bit more about Vanderbilt. I want to cover something too. Did you see Randy Sanders, the embattled? Four years. They've been calling for his head in Tennessee for about four years. I, in fact, talked to a Tennessee fan about it tonight. And he said that if Fulmer doesn't get rid of Randy Sanders at the end of this season, Fulmer's job's going to be on the line. But Randy Sanders, the offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator of Tennessee, who just got their ass handed to him by the dogs last week, was talking smack about the Georgia offense this week. After losing to Georgia, he's still talking smack about the Georgia offense and how weak and soft we are on offense. What do you have to say about that? You know, I, I, it, it's real hard to understand. I was listening. I listened to this show uh, most evenings on my way home from work that comes out of Nashville, and uh, they're a big balls, balls network on that. And, and the big news is they were talking that, you know, Randy Sanders may move up back up into the press box and start calling plays again because apparently he had to move down when the first Clawson was there so he could be closer to him and hold his hand and wipe his ass or something. You know, I'm not I'm not sure what it was in the state there, but they really do not have a, a firm grasp because uh, Rick Clawson was saying they never really stopped us. Oh, I know. We stopped ourselves. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, he must have been in a totally different game <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know what all that's about. I know. But, uh, Get in touch with Brandon Colquitt. The Tennessee punter might have something to do with. I might have something different to say about that with the number of times he had to punt on Saturday night. But, I would, I would think so. And you know, an amazing thing. And and think about this. You know, other than the time that we, you know, had that interception, when was the last time uh, you can remember a team never attempting a field goal? <laughs> I can't remember it. You know, I mean, that was just, that was something I was thinking about, and it's, it's hard to place. But, you know, Tennessee punted or punted, intercepted, or fumbled the ball away the Ab- entire game. Absolutely. Except for the one touchdown that, uh, that was basically you know, turned by the defense. I know. I mean, Randy and, and Sanders. And I'm not counting that last one. His offense was so because pathetic. It wasn't. He's calling our offense soft, and he's got, I mean, it doesn't even garner comment, I'm telling you, but still, I'm still yeah, pissed yeah, off yeah. about it. Um, yeah, you know, he's just, he's from that Ty Willingham mode of, you know, you got to pace the sidelines and look pissed off all the time. Exactly. Which, by the you way. Know, supposedly that makes you a good coach. I heard a even rumor. You can't coach your way out of a paper bag. <laughs> I heard a rumor this week that they're thinking about changing it from, um, Changing their initials from UT to UP, as in University of the Peach Bowl, because uh, Tennessee's going to be right back in the damn Peach Bowl this year. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I hope they have fun with that, you know? Uh, no, there ain't no telling. 
I'm telling you, Tennessee sucks. Getting back to Vanderbilt. Exactly. I'm done with Tennessee. That was my two things about Tennessee. You know, they're the only private school in the SEC. Well, I only want to say... Fun fact I threw out there for you. But, uh, you know, it's it's got to be hard to get up, you know, after playing in, you know, huge stadium after huge stadium, either with a crowd cheering for you or, or booing you, but, you know, either one feeding off of that. You know, to go into a stadium probably half the size of what you're used to that's not even full. Hey, I've, got, know, I mean, I've got the numbers for you. Stadium here Saturday night, you know, probably with 25,000 rabid Commodore fans. It's, I got the numbers for you. You know, you know there are more people than that on the dog walk. You know, you know, I'm the guy who has the actual numbers for you. It's 107,903, 107,903 at Neyland Stadium last week. This week we're going to Vanderbilt Stadium where they average 36,965. Unbelievable. We're going to have to create, I mean, hell. <laughs> I mean. And, and, that, and, and this year they're having a great year. We have 36,000. Our visitor section is Sanford Stadium, I think, on some weeks, you know? Oh, hell, man. We have, we have that for the red and black game. <laughs> exactly. We have that much in the damn spring game. You um, know, but it, uh, but you know, so I mean, I just like I say, I just I think we're gonna I think we're gonna prevail. I think the defense is just I think the defense will probably pitch another shutout. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're an effective one anyway until the until the end, and you know, we may have the third or fourth string in there and they'll score. But I don't think we're gonna we're gonna run the score up. You know, like some people may think. It's just it's just a tough place to play, or it's it's been a tough place to play for the dogs. I mean, I remember Rex Robinson having to kick a last second field goal to beat them. Mm-hmm. I remember Terry Hogue intercepting one yeah. in the end zone, you know, on a on a last minute drive. Right. I mean, I've just there've been been too many close calls up there up there for me to even take this as a as an easy game. Absolutely, and I, you know, I'm sure the it's dogs. One of those, it's one of those fall-down holes. It's kind of like number 17 at the Masters. Yeah, exactly. It's just like number 17 at the Masters. Listen, and I know the dogs are going to know that. I mean, I, I'm confident our boys are going to be ready to play. Did you know that Jay well, Culler? I think, I think they're hungry, and this, you know, in in quite a few years, this is the first time where we've, uh, you know, that we have come into the thing where both Florida and Tennessee have had a loss. Right. And Tennessee in this case, too. So, I mean, we are absolutely masters of our own destiny. Our, All we've got to do is win out, and I don't think we're going to get tripped up, you know, by some chump team like this. Our kids are playing like they got something to prove, you know? I mean, they really are. I mean, Shockley, everybody knows Shockley's playing like he's got something to prove, but I think that's infected our whole team. Like Demario Mentor. Not only that, but you know, I think I think probably you know for a lot of these defensive guys, although you know they've been team enough to where they haven't said it, but I think all they have heard since probably the last game of last year is you know all the talent we're losing. Yeah, you know, it's a rebuilding, rebuilding, rebuilding. You know, we're losing Thomas Davis. We're losing Odell Thurman. You know, it was kind of like, you know, the defense was going to be decimated. And although we don't have those those names that stand out this year, you know, I think they kind of just pulled together as a team, you know, and, and quietly went going about their business saying, well, you know, we're going to show them. Right. Because think about it. And, Greg and Blue, 
Greg Blue's got something to prove, you know? Tony Taylor's Absolutely. got something to prove. Quentin Moses has got something to prove. And think about it. we got Reggie Brown gone, Fred Gibson gone, you know, Muhammad Masakoy and Sean Bailey, they got something to prove, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you've been in that situation. Although, you know, you've been around a superstar and, you know, it's fun to have them on your team. And once they're gone, you know, you want to step up and say, man, you know, we're just as good. Right. And, uh, you know, and I've been, I've, like I said, I can't tell you how impressed I've been with defensive play this year. Well. I mean, they have been the strength, the absolute strength of our team. And, you know, the offense can only get better. As happy as I am, as happy and as you are with the defense, I'm happy with the defense too. And did you know we've got the number one ranked offense in the SEC as well? So, I mean, we're we, and our offense is also number one in balance too. We're the most balanced offense and the number one most productive offense in the SEC total. Yeah. But Jay but Cutler, Jay Cutler's the number one quarterback in the SEC as well, and he can hurt you with his arm and he can hurt you with his feet. You know. So I mean, we've yeah. got to. We're gonna to have to have a big game out of Quentin Moses. We're gonna to have to contain him in the backfield. You know. Well, we'll have we'll have something we'll have something for him. And I mean, again, you know, the only the only real tough team they've played so far is LSU. You're right, and they got killed. Okay. Yeah, and we've got. Yeah, well, you know, but they they really didn't get killed up until the fourth quarter. Well, that's true. You they know, just wear them down until then. But but I think we have more team speed than LSU does. And, uh, you know, that scrambling quarterback and all of that business, you know, you can shut down on that when you can chase him down. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, it's time for a new and thing. And give him a good hard hit every time you can. I'm going to do something new here, man. Are you ready for this? Uh, I, I hope so. I've already, I've already mentioned this a little bit earlier, but here's the deal. I am going to have a trivia question. We're going to have a trivia question, and the answer, the winner, the prize is... My own personal four seats on the 50-yard line in Sanford Stadium. Do what? The, the seats that are 10 rows up? You got it, baby. Section 107, oh, 10 rows up within striking distance of Steve Spurrier. I'm going to oh, give away to the first person that either calls our podcast line at in here right here in Athens at 706 534 9957 or Man, let me get my cell phone so I can dial it. You better cuz I know you need some tickets you shit. Okay. No, no you can't you, you can't you can't win if you're affiliated with the show in any way, I'm sure. Exactly. All two of us we can't win the tickets. <laughs> so, okay, you're forgetting smooth. Oh yeah, you're smooth. Good. Smooth can't win them either and smooth wouldn't take them even if he won them. All no. right. So you know he's happy that I request the win. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh the phone number is 706-534-9957. And the email address is dognationpodcast at gmail.com. The first person that either emails me by timestamp or voicemails me on the audio comment line, also which will be timestamped, the correct answer to this trivia question. Old dog, if you've got the answer, I just want to know it. I want to know... When was the first year that Georgia played Vanderbilt? Who won and what was the score? What was the final score? So, what was the first year they played? Who won the game and what was the final score between Vanderbilt and Georgia? 
That's the trivia oh, question. Oh, you got me stopped. That's the trivia question, baby. And I got four tickets on the 50-yard line for the first person that can answer it right. Wow. So, and I'll tell you this. Um, I don't know if I told you this already or not, but I'm not going to auction off my Georgia-Florida tickets, but anybody that wants to see, you can check on eBay right now. My Georgia-Florida tickets are also for sale on eBay right now. I hope you guys bid early, bid often, bid them high. I'm trying to sell those tickets. I hate that I can't go, but my wife is like nine and a half months pregnant, and she's just not going to let me make the trip to Jacksonville this year. For the first time in about 22 years, I'm going to miss the Jacksonville game. But, you know, well, what are you going to do? Leave a little Captain, that'll leave a little extra Captain Morgan down there in Jacksonville for everybody else. You are not kidding, brother. I got, a little Cap- I got a little Captain Morgan on the way, coming a little bundle of Captain Morgan on the way here, so I'm going to miss the Jacksonville game this year. But, yeah, I won't have to worry about running the Jacksonville landing dry this year. There you go. But listen, old dog, I appreciate the input. I can't wait to see uh, how many answers we have on the trivia question and uh, who uh, gets that correct answer first. I hope we have lots of entries, and I hope somebody uh, somebody worthy from the Dog Nation wins the tickets. Well, I'm sure they will, and I tell you, those are, those are great features, no doubt about it. Old dog, it was great talking to you, as always, man. I will talk to you again for the post-game show after the Vanderbilt after the Georgia victory at Vanderbilt this weekend. And uh, do you have anything else to add, my friend? No, sir. That's about it. Just looking, looking forward to talking to you during the game. All right, buddy. Well, listen, I'll talk to be you good. later. All right, be good. All right, dog fans, welcome back. It's time once again for one of the most popular segments of the show, the Smooth Pick of the Week. And we've got on the phone with us right now the pigskin prognosticator, the original Swami, the king of swing, Smooth. Smooth, how's it going, man? Well, I'm two for two for zero. You are 2-0 and oh on your picks this year, man. Arizona State and the dogs with the points. I know that killed me to be right about that. I actually wish I was wrong about that. <laughs> I know you do. The I know you do. The dogs are just the most obnoxious human beings. Well... Know. I did. I did watch Ugga. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of my uh, third grade school teacher. But anyway, <laughs> Ugga reminds you of your third day school teacher. Yeah, her name was Mrs. Elder. Well, she should have been Mrs. Ugga. Oh, let me ask you this real quick before we get to the pick of the week. I, I know everybody, at least me and Old Dog, we want to know. I know your beloved Tigers are going to be playing. Um, they're playing, you know, on Thursday night this week. And it's my opinion that playing on Thursday night is, that's pretty much the next step before they, you know, you go to one double A. Um, playing on, thir- on Thursday night, the next, you know, the next thing you happen is cable access. <laughs> cable access, exactly. Or, or maybe they, maybe they, you have to leave the ACC and they'll send you to the PAC or I the WAC or the Mountain West. Possible, regardless of how meaningless it may be, we'll be on ABC. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. Well, I just want to make sure. I want to see what you thought about Clemson playing on Thursday night. Well, of course, we're taping this before they played the game. Uh, I've talked to some real true Clemson fans who who thousands in trouble. They actually might buy that multi-million-dollar contract out and kick his keister, you know, all the way back to Florida. You think Where about his father, of course, will hire him to do something. Bounds on the hot seat, huh? Yes, he is, and as well he should be. 
Well, it just makes me so thankful to have a coach that we can be proud of, man. I tell you, he's just Mark Rick's a class act, and I think George is in great position. And I feel bad for those Clemson fans after the loss. Not really, but kind of. No, you don't. Yeah, not at all. You're, you're right. I really don't feel bad. <laughs> all right, I tell you what. Let's move on. I am I am desperate to hear the smooth pick of the week. You're two and zero. The smooth pick of the week is a game that nobody in the Southeast cares about. Okay. But it has, it, it, it has national importance. The only people that care about it are people that want to make money, right? That's right. All right. Well, and that's a lot. We have Southern Cal giving 13 and a half points to Notre Dame. Right. Southern Cal giving to Notre Dame oh, 13 and a half. I got to tell you. Smooth pick of the week. Take Notre Dame. Thirteen and a half points. You're Notre Dame and take the points, huh? Take Notre Dame and take the points. Is that game in South Bend or is that at? Yes, uh, it is. It's in yes, South it Bend. Is. And besides, I got to tell you, I got to tell you that uh, if you watch Southern Cal play Arizona State, they're not that good. And up until the fourth quarter, when their opposition just gave up, they they almost got a whooping last week. Mm-hmm. I'm smelling what you're cooking, Smooth. I'm smelling it, baby. I like it. Now, the other thing you have to understand is Notre Dame is God's team. <laughs> God's own team. God's own team. Touchdown, Jesus. And and having spent, I don't know, countless days and weeks in Southern California, it's got to be the most godless place on the planet. I hear Only you. Only three religious people I know of in Southern California, Robert Schuler and some fourth graders. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I furthermore, to make God mad, I would say that they have to be the o- only in Southern California could you have a school whose mascot is named after a condom. <laughs> exactly. You're right. I haven't thought about that, but, you know, yeah. I think God I think God is down and on the Trojans. your right-wing buddies know? All your right-wing, right-wing buddies know? I am a right-winger. Trojans sometimes break. Yes. And Notre Dame is the girl to do it. That's why we always preach abstinence on the Dog Nation podcast. So my my, my pick of the week would be Notre Dame <laughs> in 13 and a half points against Southern Cal. Take Notre Dame in the points. You heard it, Dog Nation. The smooth pick of the week is take Notre Dame plus the points. I like it. I like your reasoning there, Smooth, because it seems that after a brief, uh, maybe a, you might call it a... I don't know, respite, he was taking a little break or whatever. God seems to be laying the wood on the godless areas of the country, the godless areas of the world. I mean, well, look at Pakistan. Between Pakistan and New Orleans, the uh, godless heathens have been taking a beating here. So, you know, I don't think that the homeless refugees in Pakistan <laughs> could so save I, Southern I Cal. Might lose to them. <laughs> you don't think even the homeless refugees in Pakistan could help no, Reggie no, Bush and no, Matt Liner? I think that they could probably beat them, and that they haven't eaten in weeks. <laughs> All right, Smooth. I tell you what, I'm going to ride with you, buddy, because you are the original pigskin prognosticator, the king of swing, the swami, the smooth one. I appreciate your pick, Smooth. All right. I'll talk to you next week. We'll have you back for the pregame show of the Arkansas game. You know, that's homecoming for the dogs next week. you got to have oh, a big pick. Goodness. Homecoming for the dogs, baby, the Razorbacks. uh Boy, am I glad I live in South Carolina.
<laughs> All right, Smoothie. Now, do Georgia fans like both kinds of music, country and western, or what? <laughs> yeah, we do. We like country and western. western. Absolutely. That is it covers the entire music spectrum. All right. Thanks, Smooth. Thanks for the pick, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right, bye. All right. Woo, I tell you what. Dog fans, we're running a little long here, okay? I'm sorry about that, but hey, you know, here's the way I feel about it. If you like the show, and if you like the content, you think we're funny, and you think we're interesting, and you think we're kind of cool, and uh, you think we've got our uh, information straight, and we got our shit together, you know... What what's the problem in going long? You know what I mean? It's better than anything else on the radio. What would you rather be listening to? Would you rather be listening to another Britney Spears song or one more, uh, you know, one more Britney Spears? She hasn't even had a song out, I and I don't know how long. I don't know uh, Travis Tritt or someone. Is, I don't. Who knows? I I listen to sports talk. I don't even know anything about popular radio right now. But still, I gotta think the Dog Nation podcast is better than anything you've got on your radio, especially on game day. Especially when the dogs are getting ready to play, baby. What would you rather be listening to than the Dog Nation podcast? So I don't want to hear any complaints from you whiners about the show going long. We've had everything you could ask for tonight. We've had an interview with Old Dog. We've talked about Randy Sanders. We've talked about Jay Cutler. I'm giving away tickets to a game. Smooth is picking winners for you. Three in a row, hopefully. It's it's Dog Nation Podcast. What more do you need to know? We've got a game, ESPN2, at 7.15. Dogs, Commodores, it's college football, baby. And the dogs are running downhill to an SEC East Championship, to an SEC Crown, to a National Championship game. Go dogs!